Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. season five season five here we are somehow this podcast is still going oh not somehow perseverance and uh you know and this year baseball the the future looks brighter so i feel good about starting season five there is quite a list actually not quite a list a list of players looking to sign the pitching side is deeper than the batting side um highlighted a few relievers here that could alter the landscape Shane Green, Jeremy Jeffress, Roberto Asuna, Trevor Rosenthal. I like that you included Jeremy Jeffress in there. Our, uh, um, I'm saying that there are reviewer. there are five to six teams where he would have to be the closer on their team if they signed him, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not <laughs> of the of the thirty players that are theoretically assigned to closer roles this year. Jeffress is better than a good handful. Well, of the them. difficulty is that there's such a concentration in the MLB right now. Sure. Uh, you know, teams like there are the have the have nots. There's New York Yankees that have three guys that could be closers. And then, yeah. And then there are teams that have none. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and some of them, some of them have, some of them have none by design. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, either, either grow them from home or sign Trevor Rosenthal. <laughs> like it's not, yeah. it's not that complicated. It's not like it's complicated to sign Roberto Osuna. Okay. It's not compli- It's not particularly complicated to sign Shane Green. It's no. really not complicated to sign Trevor Rosenthal. No, no, I, I, I think you're right. We'll see. We'll see if any of these. I mean, the teams must be in such a weird place this year. Of like, okay, who cares what we do this year? We just have to trot out enough players to finish games. On the batting side, as far as I'm concerned, there's basically only one guy of any interest, and it's only. It's mostly personal interest, not fantasy interest. Is it really JBJ? Is that really the the only player of interest? Um, I feel like there's some there's got to be someone else interesting. JBJ. <clears throat> well, Honestly, okay. JBJ what, what do you mean? In, what do you JBJ mean by is more interesting for the starting pitching of a team if they have if they're if there's a flyball pitcher in a team that has a bad outfield. JBJ would be really interesting. Um, I agree also with your that. team should. Your team should sign JBJ. Why I mean, if, if we want to see the two outfielder experiment, like, <laughs> you know, if you if you want to see crazy field shifts and with two guys that can't hit a lick, like, yeah, let's put Byron Buxton and JBJ in the outfield. And, you know, we have, like, a super funky infield configuration. Yeah. We'd have two guaranteed outs every time through the lineup. But, you know, it'd be okay. That would be fun. I, that, actually, that actually would be really fun. I, I mean, but I think of it more as difference between Byron Buxton is when he is playing for a month, he starts to get his groove on the hitting side. He just never plays for a month in a row. And JBJ does get out there every game. And I mean, having, sure, you have two outfield, like we're 
joking about it, but sure, you have two outfielders, and then as soon as Buxton is hurt, you have JBJ in there, and then you have a, you know, a top five <laughs> fielding outfielder. Losing Buxton is so bad for Twins fielding. Like, it's it incredible how much the Twins fielding falls apart when he's not on the field. Oh, my word. When you see Kepler go to center field, you just say, we're in or in adventure. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to lose track of this. This is very important. Are you going to watch more Mandalorian? You just started it. Incredible. I've watched three episodes, so I'm in. Well, there's it only is... sixteen or something, so it's not that. It's not that crazy. We'll get through it. Um, it's good. It's decent. It's it's fun. It's fun in that it has more of the, um, it has more of the beats and the hokiness that like episode um seven was promising and then didn't really deliver on which i like i like <laughs> i think we'll, we'll come back to the music piece of this i think oh but yeah there's there are a lot of the beats that they they take from episode four and and actually some of the um, prequel stuff which is kind of kind of fun um but i like it it's fun it, it's it's pretty good also, I mean, I guess anytime that you can have more Ober Martel, you, you gotta exactly. take it, even if he's masked. Even if it was, we're not really sure if he's at, how much acting he's actually doing under there. I know. My, the lady is always like, so is that Oberyn or is that a stunt double? <laughs> um, all right, so season five, let's go through So What's New, simply here. Um, basically, we're, we're in the real draft prep focus right now and let's do it our home league rolling draft starts a week from today uh i i don't know when the tgfbi drafts start but it can't be that much after that i thought it was the first nope oh, everything's starting the first i mean may first um may march 1st is really go time in this so we're kind of in we're kind of in some tune-up phase right now and we're doing okay actually i mean we have we have real rankings there's been some slight reorganizations from our conversation uh, two weeks ago. I worked a little bit on getting some visual aids, and I spent some time trying to write up the explanation, which is um, harder than I thought it would be. And well, no, that's not true. I knew it would be hard. It's it's still hard, and it's causing me to reconsider almost <laughs> everything. Isn't that the case? As you're writing it up, you, you think to yourself, oh, well, why did I do?" There's, there's so many, there's, there's parts of this, of the software that do this, that are very, that are very elegantly written, which is bad because then I look at it and I'm like, why did I do this? This seems very clever, but I don't, I don't understand what it's doing. Exactly. <laughs> the number of times that I've thought to myself, you know, don't trust something that you can't see where it keeps its brain. Oh yeah. Just, when you're going through your code. Well, the worst is when you go through your code and you say to yourself, wait, why did I do it that way? And then you start like working through it and then you remove it and then you actually go back and you're like, oh, oh, got it. I see. And then you end up hitting the undo button 20 times. Uh, I, I defer to anything that is written. Like I, I've... I rarely change something that's in place, but I will waste a lot of time trying to figure out why it looks like it does. Mm -hmm. But okay, past me was so smart. 
I, you know, I, I do try to defer to past me. We're kind of, we're kind <laughs> of, um, we, we should actually talk about what's in, what's in the rankings rather than the mechanics of the rankings. I think sure. a little bit, um, we can talk about, we should talk about the explanation a little bit later and what we want to do with it, but okay. Few adjustments here. And I'll just say a few things, no matter how hard I try, I cannot re we cannot use our method to reproduce consensus rankings. No, but that's sort of the reason why rankings are rankings. Like <laughs> the rankings are rankings because they're not taking, um, they're not doing what we're doing, which is forecasting out what players are going to do this year, trying to put numbers, associate numbers with categories. Rankings say not only what are they going to for what are the what are we forecasting for a player but also the game theory involved in when you should be taking players in a draft so it's very different from actually <laughs> doing a full scale rank of of players but it's the same thing that like you a couple of years ago you'd finish the season Jose Altuve would have the best season and then people would be saying at the same time I'd rather have Trout <laughs> sure sure and i i mean right so we're hamstrung here in the sense that and we, we've talked about this we've talked about we've talked ourselves in circles on this i mean that we have to show them in some order <laughs> you know like yep. you land on a you land on a projection page like it better have a ranking you know it better tell me top to bottom what to expect and we we've played at this. I've done I've done a bunch of things. I try to create this value column that tries to give you a real sense of, you know, what the curve, uh, what we think the curve of value actually looks like. Mm-hmm. But really, I really just need to get around. Really, just need to get back to the fact that this is predictions, not rankings. Yeah, these are predictions. They're not rankings, but forecasts. They're forecasts. They're forecasts. Their forecasts. You know, I, there are some things that I really like about this. Like, I actually really like that we're higher on Juan Soto. Like, we like Juan Soto a lot. I feel good about that. Um, I, oh, I got us to cool off a little bit on Jose Ramirez. You're welcome. To number four. Okay. It's re- it, it is hard to push him much lower than that with the with the numbers that we have. Yeah, I understand that. I think one of the things, so I think one of the things that I realized this week is that, you know, we roto rank on average and basically nobody does that when they create rankings. Like average is a major afterthought, but average is a huge component in our ranking system. Mm-hmm. Right. People care about home runs, runs, RBIs, and stolen bases, and then stolen bases move players too much. I fixed, I did fix some of the stolen bases stuff. Um, I mean, I still think that by and large in the first round, you're going to want to draft somebody that is going to most, is probably going to give you stolen bases. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, so this is, this is really a tool for trying to, again, this is a tool for trying to figure out what a reasonable expectation is for a player a player's stats in the year, which I think is good because I hate, I still go back to first couple of years of our CBS league and looking at the projections that they would have. And a lot of them being like, we're looking at player number 225 and CBS 
CBS would just have written in there like 245 average, 100 runs, 30 home runs, 100 RBI, and you're like zero stolen bases. And you're just like, well, I'd take this guy. <laughs> sure, why not? And then and then he's not going to hit that. But their but their thinking is like, well, we'd rather have, we'd rather hit on a few of these guys being right and being close here. That's their projection system, um, rather than thinking like we we're fine with being like fifteen percent off on every player in the two hundred. We'd rather hit the projection for fifteen percent of our guys than be within fifteen percent for a hundred players, right? Right, and I think we try to save ourselves by making some making very wide uh, projections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm ha- I'm pretty happy actually with with how some of the with how some of the rankings have appeared now. I think for the most part, for the most part, the order. I'm I'm quite happy with the projections. Um, I mean, there's some interesting stuff. I think the oh, I guess the key thing is that we are constantly now ingesting new plate appearance and innings pitched rates assumptions, assumptions. uh yeah stat statistical accumulations and those are those are critical I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum we don't need to talk about it again but if you don't if we don't have a good ingredient like plate appearances or innings pitched it's really hard to make good season projections yeah you've got to multiply through by something and we're just not going to be able to make those assumptions for every player in a realistic way so before, right before we started recording, you were ragging on me for my love of Tim Anderson. Uh, we oh, got Tim Anderson geez. here at number nineteen. I want to give you, give me the over unders on the five projections here. Your over unders, three oh five. Do I take the? Out, yeah, okay, go ahead. with with the numbers that we have with uh, that we have listed here, which I will read out loud. You give me over unders. We're gonna put stuff in the bet box. Three oh five average. Wow, how did he do that last year? Three thirty five. Uh, three. 22 last year, 335 in 2019. He is 27 years old. I guess I'm taking the over. 22 home runs. Under. 104 runs. It's not about him, right? It's not about him at all. It's not about him. It's not about him. I'm going to take the under, though. Wow. Okay. 64 RBIs. You know what? I'm taking the over. That's insane. He's going to lead off on this team. Uh, I don't think he is. I don't think, think that's part second? of my concern. Is you think that he's going to bat second gonna, to Eloy? I think that there's a chance that he does, is not in the top top three guys. There is no. There's there is no chance he's gonna. He's there's basically no chance of that. He might not. He might not lead off every day, but he's going to be in the top three way more often than he's not. Where is the actual place for a good roster? Don't give a shit. No one's going to tell you batting order lineups yet. They just don't Oh, exist no, right no, now. they're not going to know. Um, so, two players that I like that could bat first, Adam Eaton and Lori Gar- Garcia. I would bet you the two of them... Here, let's do th- let's do this. Will Tim Anderson? I, I guess it's double di- doubling down on the the runs piece. Will Tim Anderson be batting first in half of the games this season? Yes, yes. You take 
You take over. the over on half. I over. Under. Okay. That, that really okay. is doubling down. All right. Uh, 16 stolen bases is our line. That's a, that's a good spot. It's a good line, right? I'll take the over. Okay. That, I'll I mean, take the over. <laughs> I, I, I'm having a really hard time making making your project your in-head projections make sense because you, you don't think he's going to bat first, but you think he's going to get a bunch of stolen bases. <laughs> like, he's going to have a high average, which means that they would probably put him first. I just... Well, I think he's going to be inconsistent. I think that he's going to be inconsistent. I think that he's going to be number one. I think that there's going to be a period of time that he's going to bat sixth. <laughs> Tim Anderson is not inconsistent. Tim Anderson is injury prone. Well, okay, fine. Injury prone and coming back from an injury, batting seventh, you know, while he's trying to play back into shape. Sure, I've seen that before. Okay. Tim, Tim Anderson on the field is actually, like, shockingly consistent. <laughs> Pretty decent, yeah. No, yeah. But Tim right. Anderson on the field is good. <laughs> he's just he's just not always on the field. Yeah. He's a guy, he's a guy that the... needs to rest some days. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it, that might be the way with shortstops going forward the actual defensive positions catcher shortstop um center field those are players that need to be there for defense and i think that the more that the better that they are the the more they're gonna have to rest all right well. i want to okay so that's one batter let's gut check one pitcher um and then we'll we'll talk about where we go from here um you can do aaron nola on me no i'm not uh oh you know what actually i will do aaron nola on you why not that's a <laughs> that's a good one okay all right let's do aaron nola aaron nola the five over unders here uh also 27 turns out starting pitcher for the phillies um just to tell you what where we're at innings pitched is 188 is our projection right now in that 224 strikeouts man i would love that <laughs> sure Yes. I mean, if we saw anything from the pandemic baseball, strikeouts are oh, they're going so high. to be high this year. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're taking the over. Uh, 335 ERA. Over. 113 whip. 113 whip. Everybody has him. I think it's going to be over. Over meaning worse, right? Over meaning worse. He yeah. will have a higher whip than that. We're also projecting Max Scherzer. I'm looking at him because he's right next to him. Max Scherzer for a 1.13. So, you know, that's fine. Uh, and then the last piece of the projection, 13 wins. I have it in my head that it'll be like, that's a good number. I, but I have in my head that he's going to be like 14 or 15. So I'll take it over. I think you should take the over there. I would I would take the over there. I still think that the wins, uh, the high end of the wins needs to be higher mm-hmm. in our in our projections. Okay. All right. So, I mean, this is just a really rough spot check, and I would love to get input from anybody looking at these and saying, like, no, this one's totally crazy. But I, I sure. think our projections are actually pretty good. <laughs> some of them are, yeah, some of them have some details that are kind of interesting that go against things like Aaron Nola's whip is very different from other places because I think that there's his career whip is, um, well, his last year whip was 1.08, and his career whip is a little bit higher. I don't know. We'll see. I we'll see on all of this. Well, we 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 have a pretty wide whip. We actually are we're, our projections could be better in the sense that we project him anywhere from one point oh one to one point two six. Yeah, that's still not as high as a lot of places are projecting him as one point three. I just don't see. I just don't see how he gets to one point three. Yeah, I 
and I really think he's I really think he's better than that. It really doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. I yeah, we'll see. We're gonna come up with the way. Obviously, one of the next steps is to um, improve upon how we evaluate these as the season is ongoing. Um, and we're just gonna continue preparing for drafts and. Uh, I think we'll do some offline kicking around of the explanations, but obviously if people read it and have any questions about the method, let us know. I think that about brings us to the review session. Fernando Tatis. Shall I give you our projections for him? Or what, what's the most relevant statistical thing for you here? 14 for 340. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I was blown away by the year number, and then I was like, oh, yeah, he's 22. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's perfect. This is kind of what you'd want to see is that's a lot of money. That's I mean, so that's a lot money. of money. That's a long time. I, I actually want to give I want to give his projections because I think they're really interesting. And then we'll we'll kind of spin that out into the stats. So um, Fernando Tatis, we have him as, as number 10 overall, which is very much against the grain. And you know why that is? Is because we're only giving him 639 plate appearances. Oh. So <laughs> in 639 plate appearances... He's got 291 average, 31 home runs, 90 runs, 83 RBIs, 18 stolen bases. You jack that, you jack that plate appearances up by 10%, and that's like, he's the number one guy. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think the plate appearance question is really interesting, and that gets to the statistics that he's actually accumulated in the past because never played a full season in the majors. Mm-hmm. So. I, I don't begrudge people for projecting him at 630 because you have no idea what he looks like over a 162-game season. No. I mean, we think he's a mobile, like, athletic 22-year-old, but he's got to show but it. He's playing one of the most difficult positions, and he hasn't done it before. And, I mean, last year he tore the ball, tore the... Uh, <laughs> he... Tore what am I, what am I tore the cover off the ball. Tore the cover off the ball. Wow, I wanted to, but that wasn't for 162 games. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm confident though that this is going to be his year. Oh, I, I'm not projecting him to fall out of the top 10. I think we're haggling right now over whether he is number 10 or whether he is number one. Like at the at the end of this year, is he consensus like? He's the guy to take first, no matter what. No. I don't think... Oh, after this year? Is yeah. he going to be after the intensive? Could be. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's fun seeing the changing of the guard from Mike Trout in the days of Mike Trout. Mike Trout? And even Mike Trout versus Mookie Betts to it being Tatis versus Acuna versus Soto. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a very interesting new generation. And I will say for the record that we like Soto... The best of the three. Which is, uh, we're probably on an island. But that's the same as me liking Arenado best <laughs> for many, yeah. many years. Yeah. No, that's that's <laughs> exactly right. So, for me, the only question mark um, is is what his plate appearance total is going to be. Obviously, he's going to be a superstar. Um, he's got to know what to do with that plate appearance. What, uh, well, you need to know what's going to happen with the plate appearances. Yeah, absolutely. My other point is just that, yeah, he has a swing like a very young man. And I'm a, the the only thing that worries me is that his his command of the strike zone is very telegraphed, right? Like if you if you watch anything that he's hitting, 
he's hitting he's hitting bad pitches. Like he's crushing pitches that didn't go where they were meant to go. But mm. but like if you watch his strikeouts, those are pitches that hit and you can you can just <laughs> he whiffs a lot. He does. He yeah. So um, I, I think there's a small concern that that he might get figured out a tiny bit more than he is right now. Maybe. Yeah. Um, let me start. I'm trying to see his zones. Wow. This is, I, I, I'd finally gotten used to stat cast for the relievers. Now I have to go, go back to hitting. And this is thinking about everything inverse. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a mess. <laughs> uh, but you, you watch him and you can see, you're right there there are just spots it's funny like up in the zone he hits it down in the zone down in the way he hits it down in near him i don't think he does nearly as much no i mean it's he's so down i've mid, watched i've watched a lot of fernando Tati's strikeouts to figure out like what's up with him a breaking ball a, a good sinker he's gone down a lot we don't yeah well, like any sort, any sort of movement. I mean, it's obvious if you watch the pitches, like the ones that that start looking high and then they end out of the zone. He's going down every time. <laughs> what do, do we have? Like, oh, run values by pitch type. Wow, cutters. He's killing cutters. Apparently, I well, don't even it's, interpret. It's this. the it's the sliders that makes a lot of sense that he was sliders that he would and changeups. He's trying to struggle on sliders. Yeah, yeah, they're sliders. Yep. Batting average two eleven against sliders. So sinkers a three hundred batting average. So what you're seeing is the sliders. Is Must what be the sliders. Yeah. Change ups two twenty six. Too much time against Devin Williams. <laughs> so I I don't I mean it's not a huge cause for concern. But if things start to go south for Fernando Tatis, that's what I'm going to look at. Is did the pitch did are people throwing him a specific pitch now? Yeah, they might know to. Yeah, and as we we were talking, we've talked about over the season is is the more that you see them, the more that they're, the more that you know them. And that's why I worry. I mean, that's that's underpinning this whole thing is like this is a super long contract for a guy that has not had more than three hundred plate appearances in a season, and you just don't know, you just don't know what major league pitchers are going to do. Oh, I, that's okay. He hasn't had more than four hundred plate appearances in a season. You just don't know how pitchers are going to adjust when they have a whole season to face him right right but he's in an absolute lineup of death you know he's in san diego with a stacked lineup so you can't pitch around everybody in that lineup no you can't no i'm excited brown is back um one question before we we get going over under adp in tgfbi we sort of did this last week yep on how many people are going to take him one but what do you think the ADP is going to be? Fantasy Pros had the ADP at three. So are we doing is whole numbers only? Uh, they only have whole numbers there. So the average was one point one out of shortstops. Um, let me see if I can get sure because there will be the occasional person. One out of every ten will take him over. We'll take Trey Turner. <laughs> um. Okay. ADP. I'm going to say that he ends up at 3.1 because I don't okay, think so the average is 3.2 right now in in um, fantasy pro oh, so that. TGFBI I just pulled that pretty well I think TGFBI is going to be higher on him just knowing the the people that 
are in TGFBI, like the the kind of person that ends up in it, I think they're going to be higher on him. Acuna, so you're going to take the under as I'm in take like the under. Point, so you can take yeah. three point one. Okay. Next week, so we have that we're actually going to be on top of stuff this year. Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.